1: Hello and welcome to World Weekly from the Financial Times. I'm Gideon Rachman. Today we're looking at Russia, which seems to be in an ever more open confrontation with the West as arguments rage about the Middle East, about Eastern Europe, about sanctions and about alleged Russian intervention in the American presidential election. Joining me to discuss Russia and the world is Neil Buckley, our East Europe editor and former Moscow bureau chief, Neil, I'd like to go through those issues one by one in a moment. But let's just start by trying to imagine how the world might look from Moscow, because in the West, Putin is currently portrayed as a bit of a master strategist, somebody who's got a lot of things going his way. But do you think if you're sitting in the Kremlin, if you can make that imaginative leap, do you think they feel comfortable, confident or insecure?
0: Always difficult to uh, put oneself in the mind of the Kremlin, but if we try and do that, I think they feel insecure, but also perhaps pleased at the way some things are going. In a broad sense, there's no question in my mind that Mr Putin and his entourage feel insecure. They feel very unhappy with the post-Cold War order that has developed over the past 25 years, which they feel has developed... Without them, without really their participation, has kind of shut them out and has entrenched a US dominance of world affairs. They are therefore seeking to challenge that world order and challenge that American dominance wherever they see an opportunity to do so and a need to do so and I think the Ukrainian crisis which broke out two and a half years ago was really the starting point I think it was the snapping point for Russia's patience with the West and the beginning of this fight back so I think that's the backdrop against that I think they feel that on a number of fronts Russia has achieved some success in Ukraine in Syria and elsewhere. But I would say that this has been through a series perhaps of tactical successes and opportunistic moves rather than Putin necessarily being the great strategist.
1: Yeah. So going through the issues then on Syria, how close are they, do you think, to achieving their goal, which I guess is to establish that Russia's a power that cannot be ignored and to keep their man, Assad, in power?
0: I think on the first of those, they have probably achieved that. I mean, they have managed to show the world that Russia is back as a military player, as a geopolitical player that cannot be ignored. They have shown that they have some weaponry which may not be as advanced as America's but they have been showing it off, cruise missiles, advanced weaponry and so on and so forth in Syria. They have also established a situation where the US and its allies are having to think very seriously indeed about whether they could try to impose some kind of no-fly zone over Aleppo, because Russia has made clear it has advanced anti-aircraft missiles in Syria, which it is prepared to use. So they've changed the facts on the ground. In terms of entrenching Mr. Assad in power, they've also strengthened his position considerably since they entered Syria a year ago. And I think they're looking to try and achieve some kind of potentially decisive advantage by crushing eastern Aleppo and the the opposition in eastern Aleppo before there is. Is a new president of the US and presenting the new president, therefore, with a fait accompli. And how far do you think what Russia
1: has managed to achieve is based on Putin's willingness to risk confrontation, military confrontation, in a way that the Obama administration is just that much more hesitant about? So he's playing brinkmanship essentially by saying, fine, come into Syria, but we could end up shooting at each other. And we see a similar thing in Eastern Europe where they've now moved nuclear-capable missiles into the Kaliningrad enclave between Lithuania and Poland, again, as a way of saying, I think, to the West, think about this, we could actually end up at war. Is that, do you think, quite a deliberate strategy by them?
0: I think it is. Again, I think it's, you know, on a case by case basis, somewhat opportunistic, but Putin is playing brinksmanship. We first saw that actually with the Georgia invasion in 2008, when there's evidence that Russia went ahead with that, even though it feared that it could actually provoke some kind of military response from the US. Same again with Ukraine in 2014, and the same again in Syria now. So Putin arguably has deployed brinksmanship and done so somewhat successfully. I think the move of nuclear-capable missiles into Kaliningrad the week before last, which was done in a way that was deliberately designed to ensure that everyone noticed this, came the day after Russia signalled that it was prepared to shoot down US planes in Syria if it came to it, and I think was designed to reinforce this message, don't tangle with us in Syria because we are prepared to escalate. This may be a bluff, but it is now an extremely difficult calculation for the US or NATO and the West to figure out whether this is a bluff, whether they are prepared to try and call Putin's bluff in this situation.
1: Do you think from what we know that the next American administration, if it were a Clinton administration, might be prepared to call that bluff?
0: I think it's very difficult to say because it depends really what happens in Aleppo between now and any new president coming in. It's quite possible that Aleppo could fall by then and that the situation will have shifted on the ground in Syria and any incoming president will be confronted with a new situation. I suspect if it is Hillary Clinton, we are unlikely to see... The kind of reset from her that she initiated when she came in as Secretary of State, when she tried to rebuild ties with Russia in the wake of the Georgia war, that reset sadly has plainly failed. I think we will see her take a much more robust posture towards Moscow. And I think Moscow is aware of that and is in fact foreseeing and anticipating that, which may be one reason why they are in various ways trying to um, bolster the campaign of Donald Trump. And when it comes
1: to Russian willingness to use military force or the threat of military force as a kind of leverage, the West's response so far has been largely asymmetric. It's been economic sanctions. Now, if you look at where things aren't going Putin's way, it would seem to me it's on that front where I think they had hoped that the European sanctions would now be on the way to being lifted. And yet instead, there's talk of them being intensified over Aleppo. How do you see the sanctions thing unfolding in the next few months? I mean, might Putin eventually get his way and they do get lifted? And if they don't, how damaging are they to the Russian economy?
0: I think the Kremlin has been surprised by the sanctions response from the West. They may feel that the West's unpreparedness to use military force has exposed their weaknesses in that area. But on the economic front, the US and the EU have shown more resolve than many might have expected, and that resolve has largely held. I think it will probably continue to hold, given what is happening in Syria and the unhappiness of many Western nations with what's happening there. Now, I think the sanctions have had something of an impact on Russia's behaviour. They, however, have not been disastrous for the Russian economy. By any means, they've imposed pressure. They combined with the fall in energy prices to put serious pressure on the Russian economy, but not to the point where it's really hurting and where Putin is desperate to get the sanctions lifted. And I think what we've seen in recent months, to a certain extent, is him going through the motions of trying to give the impression that he is trying to comply, for example, with the Minsk agreement in East Ukraine, and he is open to a better relationship with the West. But I'm not sure that all of that has been genuine. There are those who say that Russia has been putting on a bit of a show here, but actually, in terms of Eastern Ukraine, it's done very little really towards implementing Minsk. And the indications are that, Putin feels probably he can live with sanctions for the time being. And finally,
1: um, you mentioned in a way what's been the most extraordinary bit of the whole kind of West-Russia relationship over the past year, which is what now seems pretty clear. It was a Russian effort to influence the American election through hacking emails, releasing them at strategic times. Indeed, the whole WikiLeaks release of Hillary Clinton's emails right now. What is the strategy there and how do you think it's going to play out? Because we've never seen anything like this before.
0: No, the accusations from US officials aimed at Russia, that Russia has been using cyber war, cyber attacks to try and intervene in the election is really an unprecedented accusation. We have to assume that uh, the US authorities have some pretty compelling evidence for making those claims, assuming that they are true. And there seems to be certainly a lot of circumstantial evidence. I think there are a couple of things happening here. One is that Russia is seeking to challenge US dominance And do it wherever it can and use whatever methods are at its disposal. One of the things that Russia is very good at is cyber. They have capabilities in that area. And so they are deploying those to try and disrupt the US electoral process to reduce American citizens confidence in that process perhaps to boost Donald Trump's campaign, but also to muddy the waters. And this certainly assists Donald Trump, not only in the Clinton campaign and Hillary Clinton being portrayed in a bad light, but also what Russia is doing helps bolster Trump's pretty constant allegations now that somehow the US elections might be rigged, that you can't trust the results, which is a very dangerous thing for a US presidential candidate to be saying. I think there may also be an element of perceived revenge Here. Russia is absolutely convinced that the US was behind the overthrow of President Yanukovych in Ukraine, as in other so called colored revolutions in the former Soviet space. President Putin personally accused Hillary Clinton of intervening or seeking to intervene in Russia's elections in 2011 when there were street demonstrations. The Kremlin doesn't believe that these kind of things happen spontaneously. They see America's hand there, and they may view what they're doing now as a kind of tit-for-tat response to that.
1: But in the end, it's a dangerous game, isn't it? So just to conclude, things are very tense, as I said in the introduction. How risky is it, do you think, that the next year we could slide into a really quite dangerous confrontation, one that could even go military?
0: I think a significant risk of that, unfortunately, exists. Some people have resisted saying that we are in a new Cold War because they fear that that kind of analogy can be misleading. And I think it is misleading in the sense that the Cold War developed over a period of years and decades and uh, various conventions and rules of the game, if you like, developed as the Cold War developed and red lines and trigger points. Um, And both sides, over time, came to understand what those were. What we've seen this time is a very rapid deterioration, actually, in relations between the two sides, really just since 2012-2013. Those kind of red lines and rules of this new game have not yet developed which makes this, I think, a very dangerous and unstable situation. Also, in the late Soviet era, there were institutional constraints on Soviet leaders in the form of the Politburo, for example, which was quite powerful. Those don't really exist in today's Russia. We very much see uh, leadership by Mr. Putin and a small circle of like-minded people who share his worldview without the kind of constraints that we saw in the late Soviet era. So it's a tricky and and risky time, I think.
1: Okay, well, with that thought, we'll leave it for this week. Thank you very much indeed, Neil Buckley, for joining me here. Until next week, goodbye.